Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. radioshow.com Spreaker.com slash corner to corner and all points in between. That's right. Stan Grubb is on a solo mission tonight. Ryan's on vacation. Rob is unavoidably detained. And so, hey, you, you just get me. Just me. Probably going to have an abbreviated episode tonight. Um, myself, I've been a little bit tied up with uh, some work stuff and just getting some things organized. Of course, you may have heard me mention in the past few weeks that I've uh, been going through a move. It's been kind of a pain in the ass. But uh, I'm happy to say that everything so far, so far, seems like it's uh, gone all right. Of course, Monday Night Raw is live right now on the USA. Seth Rollins scheduled to defend against Damian Priest tonight. Currently, they're showing a... Uh, Recap of Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler winning the Women's Tag Team Championship. Um, you know, we're going to look at the week that was. We're going to talk a little bit about the news. And, uh, hey, maybe we'll see we'll see what you guys thought about it. First things first, I wanted to go ahead and go over AEW Fight Forever. Of course, scheduled to release June 29th. And the update, the big news that has come out of this update is not necessarily the disc edition, but no, no, no. It is an Elite edition being released digital only. Now, the Elite edition of AEW's Fight Forever um, gives you early access, gives you access to Danhausen, to Hook, to Keith Lee, to FTR, um, let me just pull this back up. I, my screen just totally blanked. That makes me so mad. Here we go. Uh, Matt Hardy, both broken and regular Matt Hardy. Um, and of course, this includes the, um, the season pass, which basically, as DLCs come out, they'll be released out just like T, uh, 2K23 does. Um, so here's the name of the packs. When you do the Elite Edition now, you get Matt Hardy, FTR's Revival Pack, Limitless, Bunny Bundle, and Hookhausen. 
the very evil, very handsome pack. <laughs> I'm sorry, very handsome, very evil. I love Danhausen. He's awesome. Um, you get broken Matt Hardy and uh, the, the regular Matt Hardy. And then, of course, you get a bunch of access to these mini games. So you get Join Us, Death Race X, MJF, Car Thrash, Sloth Sling, and I'm just trying to see if there's any other. Nope. But it's $79.99 on the PlayStation Store, uh, $79.99 on Xbox, uh, the Xbox Store. If you pre-order the standard edition, you get Broken Matt Hardy and Regular Matt Hardy. So there you go. Regular Matt Hardy. Like, there's anything regular about Matt Hardy. Be real. <laughs> he's he's an odd bird, as they say, but he's cool. Um, I tell you the the footage of Fight Forever has been outstanding, and I cannot wait, truly cannot wait to get my hands on this game. It's only a few weeks away. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It's eighty dollars well spent, in my opinion, especially for any avid wrestling game player. I know I've played my share of wrestling games throughout the years. And this one truly does seem like a next-gen console version of basically WWE No Mercy, which I'm totally fine with. I mean, how can you not be totally okay with it, right? One of the greatest wrestling games in the history of video games. I mean, it's it stands the test of time. If you ever watch the, uh, the show on Peacock called uh, This Is Awesome for WWE, they chronicle the top ten wrestling video games. And the coolest part was they include, like, Warzone and Attitude. They include um, WCW vs. NWO Revenge. Uh, they even included the initial NES edition, Pro Wrestling, which, I mean, come on. You don't, you don't get the cool, the cool stuff that we have now without something that started us off. And realistically speaking, Pro Wrestling... 8-bit Nintendo game was way ahead of its time. So, say what you want, that's pretty cool. Of course, Diablo 4 released, uh, came out came out early early access this past week. Um, my brother, TJ, is uh, streaming that on Twitch. If you go to twitch.tv slash thebootysnacks. I can't believe I just read that out loud. Yes, twitch.tv slash thebootysnacks. Spelled exactly the way you'd think. Um, but that's my brother TJ, and he's streaming Diablo 4 content currently. And if you are taking part in his stream, if you engage in his stream, you have access to some exclusive Twitch drops, uh, including some great transmorgs. So for those of you that are really hardcore into it, like Brian and I are, here's an opportunity. If you take advantage of it, you can also get access to an exclusive mount. So great opportunity to get a leg up. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Let's see here. Just pulling up some news. Uh, I said I wanted to talk a little bit about the week that was, and so let's go ahead and just dive in. As far as news is concerned, um, we got Forbidden Door matches confirmed, and last week, yep, we finally got confirmation that CM Punk will be at Collision. And, oh, by the way, Collision debuts on June 17th, live Saturday night on TBS, I'm sorry, TN, TNT, I believe. The cool thing about this is that it's going to be in Canada. It's going to be all throughout the U.S. 
And the cool thing is it's supposed to really highlight those wrestlers that we haven't seen in a while, in a while like Thunder Rosa or Miro or, hey, how about a returning Andrade? So I'm excited. I think this show is going to be great. Tony Khan has yet to really do really do anything as far as a bad step in the way of booking. Yeah, some matches seem a little janky. Sometimes they're overbooked a little bit. I mean, hey, we all watched – we all watched Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm, and I get it. You know, Jamie was hurt. They had to find a, a, a proper way to get the title off of her, but man, oh man, how many different things can they book into that piece, right? So if you're looking at Collision, tickets are still on sale for the United Center. About 2,000 tickets are available still. Um, you know, it's interesting because Double or Nothing – Sold about 10,000, which isn't bad, but definitely had some empty seats there. They cycled them around, much like any wrestling show does for TV. Um, ticket sales for AEW right now, not doing horrible, but they're not doing as well as they could be. And I got to say, I don't know if that's because it's dwindling because of interest is dwindling, or if it's just dwindling because pe people are not really able to afford this stuff right now. Tickets right now cost anywhere from 20 bucks in the nosebleeds to, I mean, I saw the other day, 1500 for ringside seats. Now, ringside seats is an awesome experience. I've had it a few times in my life, and there's nothing like it. Rob and I sat ringside at a SmackDown taping way back when. Brian's had ringside multiple times. We've done ringside at the John Paul Jones Arena a few times. It's just amazing as far as the experience is concerned. But the challenge in those in those tickets is the pricing. I respect the hell out of anybody that has the gumption, the ability to not just put on a wrestling show, but the ability to sell the tickets, to sell the house. I mean, think about this. When, when you're looking at your feds, your promotions that are local to you, that's a challenge. It takes real skill to get the poster set up properly, the advertising set up properly, the marketing to get crowd reaction and people interested in your show and then to sell the tickets i mean it takes a lot you got some marquee names on aew's collision but ticket sales just don't seem like they've carried off just yet you have some marquee names that were on the double or nothing card but a lot of people complained about how the fatal four-way the the four pillars match was was stacked and they they said that the build really wasn't that great I personally don't agree with that. I thought the build was pretty good. Sure, they did what a typical AEW build does, and that's really stepped it into high gear as we got closer to the show. But isn't that what a lot of wrestling companies have done over the course of history? Is it really that different from, say, WWE and how WCW used to do it and NWA? The closer you get to pay-per-view day, the closer you get and the hotter the card gets. That's always how it seems. Outside of the night after Mania, Raw after Mania, I, I don't know that anybody's formula yet has really changed in the way of, you know, hey, we need to attract tickets every single week. Week, excuse me. I, I mean, of course they want to sell tickets, but it feels like there's that slow rise. You know, one week after the pay-per-view, you know, you're telling the story or introducing another piece. The week after that, it's a continuation, and it's just pegging 
where people's interests lie. You can almost tell when they're trying to get a barometer of, okay, how do fans feel about, you know, for example, when they started the build towards the Four Pillars match, it did feel like at some points that maybe Tony Khan and MJF weren't sure. And I say both of them because MJF supposedly had a really active role in the creative for that. Of course, why wouldn't he? He's AEW World Heavyweight Champion. But having that kind of a role, the question becomes, how do you measure that? And so they go off the fan response. They go off of, you know, what merchandise sales is doing right then. And ultimately, they're looking at, okay, is this something we want to go forward with? So that, that second week, that barometer week, where they're really trying to check and see how everything is going, the next week you go into that third week as you're building up towards the pay-per-view, now you start to really advance it. You start to maybe unveil some other pieces. And by the time it's for the go-home show, if we're looking at kind of a weekly build-up, that go-home week is usually the hottest week you have. It's where that last second you have to really get people interested in buying the pay-per-view or buying tickets to the show. But that whole time, that whole time they're building that storyline, if it's not of interest, if it's not as strong as maybe you would like, you're going to see it in your ticket sales. You're going to see it in your pay-per-view buys. I am seriously curious as to what the buys were like for Double or Nothing. Now, to my knowledge, Tony Khan didn't really specify. doesn't mean that they didn't, didn't do well as far as pay-per-view buys, but there wasn't a lot of conversation about whether or not there was a heavy, heavy purchase amount. Looking at some of the news that came out of, uh, by the way, of, of Double or Nothing, also found out that Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti are expected. Congratulations to them. Let's see here. Looking at kind of the, the news past, what we found out. Ring of Honors tapings, uh, TV tapings, or this weekend. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm about to choke myself to death. <clears throat> Ring of Honors TV tapings over the weekend. Um, we had Jerry Lynn and Stokely Hathaway introduced as the new board of directors for Ring of Honor. So new authority figures. Now, Tony Khan still considered to be the head of creative for both AEW and Ring of Honor. And I got to say, until he gives us a reason to think he can't handle it, he's really mixed it, mixed it together nicely. He's got things going well. But Stokely and Jerry Lynn is kind of that good guy, bad guy, good cop, bad cop kind of authority role. That could be interesting. That could be really good for Ring of Honor. Um, some good TV taping uh, match ideas here coming out of it was uh, Matt Seidel and Samoa Joe for the Ring of Honor TV title. Not going to be any spoilers as far as winners or anything, but that's one of the highlights. Of course, Zack Sabre Jr. defending the New Japan Strong TV Championship on that same show. So you really got some solid, solid matches coming up with Ring of Honor. Um, I'd really like to see Ring of Honor get an actual television deal. Not that I don't want to subscribe to, to Honor Club, but come on, we all got 15,000 different streaming subscriptions. It, it just gets expensive after a while. Oh, let's see here. Let's see. Aha, Friday. <laughs> Friday on AEW, excuse me, Friday on WWE SmackDown, we got introduced to a new... Undisputed Universal Championship. 
you know, I like I'm 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 a belt mark, as they say in the in the in the fandom, right? You know, the guys that like to buy pro wrestling belts. That's me. I love them. Uh, granted, don't have as many as I used to have, but the ones I have are are typically my favorites, right? So, like for example, I've got the WCW title, the replica of the one that Ron Simmons beat Vader for. That's actually my favorite one. I've got a, a winged eagle, and then I've got uh, a WWE World Heavyweight Championship, like the big gold. I also have the Mankind uh, Specialty Belt that they made, the Collector Series. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it, I like it because it's different, and it's, you know, it just stands out. It was really, really cool looking. So you, when I tell you that I, I love wrestling belts, when I tell you that I have concerns about the Undisputed Universal Championship. I promise you I mean it. Looking at this title, it's like when it comes to WWE, they just can't seem to stop planning their logo over everything. Like the Raw world title. You know, you got that globe and the WWE logo on it. And at least that kind of works or flows with the design. I'm not going to say it's a perfect, you know, blend, but it's it's all right. But the the undisputed universal title, not so much. Just a great big W. <laughs> That's really what it is. And the metal on it is gold and the belt itself is golden black. I I I don't get it. You have these opportunities to do redesigns, to make something creative, to make something that could be fun. And gosh, it's just boring. It's just very, very boring. For every cool, innovative idea or, or unique design, like the like I'm looking at the NW, NW, geez, the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships right now, as uh, Shayna and Ronda just successfully defended against a debuting Katana Chance and Caden Carter. Decent match, by the way. These are unique-looking belts. They look nice. In my opinion, they look different from the others. They stand out, and they look good. WWE Undisputed Universal title? Not so much. Once it was red. One other time it was a blue belt. Now it's gold. So we just change the color of the leather, and that's basically... That's what we do here. I guess that's... That's how we change it up. On the plus side, Roman Reigns doesn't have to carry around two belts at a time. Thank God. It's bad enough we're getting force-fed a thousand days like we're a bunch of blind morons that just can't seem to understand that, hey, remember that time that Roman said he was going to really change the game? Well, he didn't really change the game. What he did was he sat out every other month. And they made him a, as they said for Brock Lesnar, box office attraction. Um, to, I take nothing away from Roman's efforts and for the fact that he really has excelled. I, I can't deny that he has done a tremendous job. But the bottom line is what drives me absolutely nuts is watching a person like him who has so much that he could be doing wrestle so few times. And so many people blindly go, oh, he's the greatest of all time. And did we forget that we're in a worked environment? Did we forget that wrestling is just set up or designed to 
make you think one thing or another. It's a script. So greatest of all time? Really? Look, I, I'm not saying it's perfect. I, I'm not even saying that it's it's great. But greatest of all time? Hmm. Um, that's a big no. Like, a huge no. I want very much to to be able to look at wrestling as a, as a whole, like through this lens that some of you guys look through. And some of you make good good points. Like Sonny, even though you know I, I know you listen to the show here and there, so you, maybe you are. I know Sonny sometimes says something and he repeats like what Cornette says, and I'm like, dude, get off his jock, man. Just leave it alone. But at the end of the day. Jim Cornette is a veteran of the industry. He's been a professional wrestling for so many years that even though his opinion just is mind-boggling half the time, he's earned the right to say his opinion, you know? You have to respect the fact that that's what he thinks. You have to respect the fact that that's what he feels because he's earned it. Now, looking in the other direction... 
you know, with like some negligence. They they will make sure the research is done. They do the work to make sure it's ready for you. And then they present the news. And you have a choice as the uh, subscriber or the, the content consumer. You have that choice ultimately to say, wow, you guys did a great job. What a good interview, whatever the case may be. Or, I don't know, this guy seems full of shit. They don't force their opinion on you. Now, most of the time they're right, though. I'd say their accuracy rate as far as when they're right versus when they're wrong is probably 85%. Sean would probably say that he's 98.6 or something like that. Like he, And I get it. He's got a lot of confidence in his product, and I can't blame him because they're extremely successful. But there's always that room for error. There's always that room for something where you're just like, eh, I don't know if that's really right. People get played in wrestling news. It's really, at the end of the day, that's what happens. Um, but I don't think FIFA really gets played. I think they do their due diligence. When we get reports that describe how the backstage vibe is and what people are saying, we have to remember that when these things are asked, they're only able to go off of a sample size of who's responding to their request for information. Hey, can you tell me what, what did people think when CM Punk was announced to come back? Well, that text that goes out to whomever the, the source is, and no, they're not typically named, but that text that goes out, it's based off, that news is based off who's answering it. So if you get four people that answer and go, eh, it's okay, and your report is, well, people we talked to said it's all right. They're not not really worried about it. Well, that's accurate. But it's four people out of a roster of 150, right? So as every as with everything with wrestling news, you should always take it with a grain of salt. But remember, there's guys out there that do their work. Look at Denise Salcedo. There's another example of a fightful person that, that really busted her ass. Now she's on us. She's on serious radio. She's done pre-shows for WWE. I mean, she's legitimately moving up the ladder so fast it's hard to keep track. And that's just cool to me. I love seeing people that that are wrestling fans that got into the media aspect of things and have grown. And it's cool, and it, it gives me hope. Here I am, a 44 year old dude that maybe I'll never do anything but the podcast. Maybe I will do something more. Who knows? But it gives me an opportunity to say, hey, it's possible. That's why me and the guys keep doing what we do. We absolutely love doing it. But at the end of the day, it would be so cool and also a lot of work from what we've learned um, to do this for a living full time. Now, doing UCW was a blast. And I can't tell you how much I miss it because there's just no way to describe how awesome of a feeling it is to sit at a desk, to sit at a table, ringside, calling a match. And and honestly, the most fun part of that for me is seeing the, the performers' reactions literally right in front of you. Like, in our early days, when we were calling matches and KR Superstar was with his guys outside, I can remember countless times him leaning over me or leaning over Brian or Rob's shoulder and screaming basically into the headset, make sure you call this, make sure you say that, talk about my people. You know, like it was cool, kind of like what uh, you see on w with what Bailey does on uh, Michael Cole. 
Those are the fun things. Doing the creative stuff, that's fun. Stressful sometimes. Stressful when you want to um, book talent and maybe they haven't uh, responded to messages or maybe they are pricing themselves out of the marketplace that you're in. It's it's so cool to be able to take part in that, and I do miss it. I hope that we get an opportunity to do it again. Getting back into the news here, um, I know I got off on a rant there, but I appreciate your your uh, indulgence there for a second. Something came out last week, and and this just I don't know. I don't get where where promoters get their thought process sometimes, and this was a good example comes across Twitter that Billy Corgan, former frontman for Smashing Pumpkins, I, I guess you could say also frontman. I don't know if Smashing Pumpkins is still a, a band, but also the owner of the NWA, told, a, uh, told wrestling fans on Twitter that if you don't like Tyrus, current NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, former WWE superstar known as Brodus Clay, if you don't like Tyrus, then you're not a wrestling fan. You know, hey, I get it. Everybody's got, uh, I guess you could say, beer goggles for their top guy. Vince had a, a mad hard on for Roman Reigns. We all know that. <laughs> you know, uh, Eric Bischoff was all about Hulk Hogan back in the day. Dixie Carter was all about Jeff Jarrett, AJ Styles, and, and so on. Everybody has their favorites, but and and I've talked to Tyrus. I've interviewed him. We, matter of fact, we interviewed him on Wrestle Rage Radio uh, shortly after his release from WWE back in 2012. And when we talked to him, he's a very down-to-earth guy. In all seriousness, he is a very good dude. But let's be real. I mean, from a wrestling standpoint, um, when put it to you like this. When you've got guys like Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, and you got Roman Reigns at the top that he's ever been, and you got Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes, and you've got guys like Josh Alexander and Steve Macklin, and by comparison you have Tyrus, I mean it's literally like out kicking your coverage. Tyrus is is probably very grateful. He's very well known, by the way. He's very well known for what he's done you know, on Fox TV, doing the news and, and having a very, very successful career. And Tyrus, if you happen to catch this, trust and believe, dude, I know full well that you don't really care if we like or dislike your matches. You want us to respond and react, and I get that, and I respect that. But the reality is, by comparison, when I'm watching the NWA, I just don't find it as interesting, entertaining, or as exciting. I'm not a fan of having... You know, a guy whose main run and main draw is politics. That's not a dig on Tyrus's politics. I don't know if I agree or disagree, because here's the thing. I don't follow him enough. I respect him as a person, and I actually like him as a, as a person. But when it comes to his matches, no, I could kind of take him or leave him. Sorry, my dog is deciding to run off. Come here. Come here. Yeah, I know what you're doing. Always being sneaky. Mm-hmm. I see you. One of these days, I'll have to do the show on uh, 
<laughs> I'll have to do the show on video so you can see the cats and the cats and the dogs and maybe the maybe the noodles, maybe the lizard. Uh, what are you doing, Miss Bella, huh? Anyway, for Billy Corrigan to say that if you don't like Tyrus, then you're not a wrestling fan. Well, dude, guess what? I'm so glad that, you know, we have this wonderful thing called social media, but maybe it's time to step away from your Twitter for a while. Maybe it's time to put down the, the phone and worry about growing your product. You're drawing approximately 500 people where everybody else is drawing over 4,000. You see the comparison here? And by the way, for some of your shows from the looks of the audience, I'm being generous in saying 500. You're on YouTube and on Fight TV. You're uh, literally on pay-per-view only for folks that want to watch your product. Please, please don't insult my intelligence by thinking that your product is getting past more than maybe 10,000 people. It doesn't mean that I'm right all the time. It doesn't mean I'm the only voice. So don't come at me with this whole song and dance about, well, you just don't like him. No, I like the NWA. I don't like EC3. I think he's a pompous asshole. And I think he's caught up in this control-your-narrative gimmick that just doesn't make any goddamn sense. I think Tyrus is being positioned because he's a heat magnet, not because his wrestling is off the charts. People boo him because of Fox News. That sounds so weird to me, by the way, because he really isn't a bad wrestler. I don't know that I'd have put him at the top, but that's just my opinion. I'm one dude. One very broke dude, by the way. <laughs> so maybe there's a reason for that. Trevor Murdoch, another example. While he is an, an accurate and an, an excellent performer, and he definitely has his, his positives, I don't know that I'd have made him champ. I'd have never let Eli Drake leave NWA. I'd have made him champ. People make mistakes. Ah, boy, oh boy. Forbidden Door did get one match confirmed. We may have two. We're still waiting on the announcement here. We got confirmation of the IWGP U.S. Championship, which will be defended by Kenny Omega, and his opponent for Forbidden Door is going to be Will Ospreay. You know, Brian needs to be here to hype this up, because that match, as many are going to say, is going to be a banger. It's going to be absolutely electric, and I cannot wait for that one. Um, we will probably cover Forbidden Door ad nauseum, either live while it happens, because we haven't done a simulcast in a good while. Um, either that, or we will do um, day after reporting on it or something, because it's going to be such a huge show. But Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay for the U.S. title is going to be amazing. This would be round three for them, I think. Uh, the first two were absolute five-star classics, and that's not putting any uh, feather in the cap for Meltzer. That's just the bottom line, man. This is going to be a great match. Very competitive, uh, very hard-hitting, and frankly, what we need to see out of a guy like Kenny Omega. Those are the matches we want to see, right? Flip to the other side. And this one, this one, I cannot wait. Now, 
since we started doing this show, you have heard us sing the praises of uh, Kachike Okada. And if I mispronounce his first name, I do apologize. But Okada, out of New Japan, is the top performer over there, period. His matches with not just with, his, with not just Kenny Omega, but with AJ Styles, with um, Finn Balor, with Shinsuke Nakamura. With, I mean, there's a huge freaking list. His matches with them were amazing. And, oh, by the way, one of the top performers in the PWI 500, one of those guys that is just a huge opportunity. So, after singing the praises for that, who challenges him? And, oh, by the way, they need more of these on TV, these kinds of challenges. Brian Danielson. Brian freaking Danielson, the American Dragon, this past weekend, challenges Okada for a match at Forbidden Door. And Danielson is, I mean, dude, he is meant for these kinds of matches and these kinds of promos. This is the Brian Danielson that, by God, we should have seen and been seeing on WWE television. And frankly, I'd like to see it up a notch maybe with AEW. His current BCC run with with Mox and Claudio and uh, Yuta has been great. And their feud with the Elite is amazing. It's been really cool. But we've still got more that we can see. And that's, that's going to be great. This week, um, let's see here. What's coming up this week? Orange Cassidy is defending the International Championship against Swerve Strickland. Jungle Hook, Jack Perry, and Hook taking on Preston Vance and Dralistico in a Texas Tornado tag team match. People are saying this is the build. This is the beginning of the build for Jack Perry's heel turn. And if, in fact, that is the case, it's a hell of an opportunity. Um, and I actually, I think that's going to be great. Jay White and Ricky Starks. We're going to see um, MJF get an interview with him. And, hey, let's think about that for a second. Swerve and Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy has been the most consistent performer at AEW. I've said it many times, and I'll continue to sing this guy's praises. He is electric in the ring. He has a mixture of comedy and athleticism that, really is untouched, and I honestly can't wait to see this matchup. I think it's going to be awesome. Um, We should hear more about what's going on with the Elite and where Kenny Omega was, because this past week, they said he was out of the country. Hangman Page made sure we knew he wasn't in Canada. A lot of people have been hinting that this could be Kota Ibushi. And he also said that when he was saying that he had to get help after Double or Nothing, that maybe he needed one or two more people. So if it's Kota Ibushi, then who's the second person? And is it a manager? I don't know. All this is uh, all of this build has been really cool, and I I really think this is probably building up. 
this is probably building up to another Blood and Guts. Which, I mean, frankly, that's that's going to be amazing. Andrade is scheduled to return to uh, Collision. That should be good. We hear he's uh, healed up from surgery. Uh, Thunder Rosa also confirmed to be headed to Collision. I do not know if she's been cleared. As a matter of fact, um, I actually asked, and some other folks have asked, some some news sources. No one's been able to confirm it, but it's a good opportunity here to say to say that if she is in fact being advertised and booked for the show, that if she hasn't been cleared yet, it's not far off. That is honestly going to do it for this week's corner to corner. I realize this is a, an ultra short episode. I apologize, but to be perfectly honest with you guys. There hasn't really been a whole lot of other big news coming out of this week. I mean, the um, in funny news, we did find out that Stan Lane did get a DNA test, and apparently he is not the father of a congresswoman, Lauren Boebert. I know nothing about this story, only to only to say that apparently it was rumored that he was her mom or her dad. Uh. I mean, Stan Lane was great in the 80s, I guess. I don't know what you want me to say to that. I just It just popped up, and I thought I would read it off. <laughs> um, oh, before I forget, I meant to mention this with uh, Fight Forever. If you've been paying attention to social media, AEW's done a tremendous job with their advertisements for this game. One of the things they did confirm over the weekend is Owen Hart is in this game. Screenshots are available. All you got to do is go to Twitter or Facebook. Just search it out, and you'll see it. Looks good. Um, I'm curious to see what they do with this music. I think uh, Mikey Ruckus has done a phenomenal job with themes for all the performers at AEW. So can't wait to see the game. Catch up with us uh, next week, of course. Same bat time, same bat channel. I'm at Stan Grubb on Twitter. Rob is at Rob Hefner C2C on the Twitter bot. And Brian is at Vlad Dragool C2C. That's V-L-A-D-D-R-A-G-O-O-L-C-2-C. And, of course, you catch up with the show at C2C Radio Show or C2CRadioShow.com. Thanks again for listening. Really appreciate it. Again, sorry for the short episode, but (laughs) it's a solo show. And you want to just hear my voice drone on and on? Wow, the quiet tells me you don't. (laughs) No, it's totally fine. Have a good week, everybody. Thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye!